Welcome to the La La Land podcast. I'm your host, Lex Nevin. This podcast is me finally giving myself permission to say all of the things I've always wanted to say. Imagine it being like one big exhale. From how I built my fashion brand dressed in Lala, to motherhood, to pop culture, to everything in between, because in Lala land, there are no rules. Well, except being yourself. I am so glad you're here. Let's get lost in our own little world together. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to La La Land. I'm your host, Lex. I'm so glad you're here. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this. Something is happening and I'm so excited about it. I've just noticed that in the last month or couple months, our numbers are surely but slowly but surely going up. And there's a bunch of new listeners here. And I'm just so honored that you have chose to you know, spend however long this episode ends up being 45 minutes to an hour with me every week. Like it means so much. I especially love reading messages um, from you guys talking about like I just found the pod and I binged it this whole weekend. And just like it makes me feel a little weird to like think about someone listening to me for hours and hours straight while you're like binging makes me feel weird because I'm like, are you sure? Like that's how you want to spend your time. But um. It makes me feel so happy at the same time that like you're feeling like this podcast is bringing something into your life, even if it's just like a little, the little shimmer, a little sparkle, a little who the crap knows what. But um, so glad and thank you so much, you guys, for sharing. And I actually had a cool opportunity this last weekend. I went to a business workshop put on by my bestie, Kinsey Madsen. And um, like a lot of the attendees there were like, it was the first time I think ever, maybe actually, where usually when I meet people, they're like, oh, I love Lala or, you know, I've been a customer for for this long or whatever. It's like it's like something about Lala, which obviously I love and I'm never going to not love. But it was the first experience ever where people the first thing they said to me is, I love your podcast It was so interesting and I met like a handful of people that were there that all were like consistent listeners to the podcast. So shout out to you girlies, you know who you are. But also it was just so, so good to meet people in real life. I told them sometimes it feels like I'm like speaking into the void. I think that's probably just a normal feeling when you're recording a podcast because you're just sitting here talking to yourself and then you're like, Obviously, you can see numbers of like how many people listen, but that just starts to feel like not real because it's like you don't know who's listening. And I don't know. It's just kind of like a mind F. So it was really, really cool for me to meet people who like they listened and they liked it and they were like encouraging and like it was just cool to like see faces. So I don't know, like never did I ever think I would maybe want to host like some sort of podcast meetup just because that feels really scary. <laughs> um, just like, I'm like, would anyone show up? You know, and you're like, is anyone going to come to my party? Um, but maybe that should be something that happens. So let me know if we should put that on our La La Land vision board for 2024. 
some sort of like in-person meetup because I loved meeting and talking to some of you guys. Something I just wanted to like chat about and kind of it's just been the craziest realization I think that I've had in a long time. Let me take you back to the beginning of Lala. When I started Lala, I was like so, so thirsty and hungry and I was soaking up anything I could learn about business. I was so, I just had that like hunger, you know what I mean? Um, Where you just, you want to learn everything you can learn. It's just like you can't learn enough. That's where I was at. And I, I mean, I loved it. It was so fun because in the beginning of Lala, obviously it was like if I got one, two, three, whatever orders a day, I had a lot of free time. <laughs> and um, I, I just, when I look back, because it's almost been seven years, when I look back, I'm like, I wonder sometimes like, how did I only have three orders a day, but like not die of boredom every day or like not question what I was doing or whatever. And I look back on that time and I was so excited. Every order that came in, I was so excited. I would like run up and instantly package it up and take it to the post office. But I don't remember having a lot of empty time during that time either. And I think it's because I was just constantly learning. I was constantly like listening to podcasts, reading books, listening to audiobooks, following coaches. I was just I was watching YouTube videos like I just was soaking up everything I could learn at that time. And 100 percent, if I didn't do that, I don't think Lala or like me and my mindset would be where we are today. Um, But at a certain point, I got so burnt out of that. Like I was so burnt out of constantly learning. And like, I don't know, it it, in the beginning, it started in such like a sweet way. And then it kind of got to the point where it was like desperate energy almost like it's just like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe this, but it it goes from being like so excited to learn everything to like i'm so exhausted from learning everything as sad or weird as that sounds and i just remember eventually being like i've had enough self help and this was like just a few maybe like 2 or 3 years ago where i was like i've had enough like i'm good on the self help right now like i can't consume anymore it's leading to like burnout and that along with like a lot of other things right but um and then that's when i kind of like really leaned into my pop culture passion and started listening to like silly and and I didn't even know that there like I guess I knew if I thought about it but I didn't even know or realize that there were pop culture podcasts out there because I just I just assumed podcasts were like learning I don't know and so the last few years I've really leaned into that which I think needed to happen as well it's like it's kind of the thing where in your business there's a certain point where Maybe you've been running it out of your house and then like you realize like I can't do this in my house anymore. Like I'm going to go mad. (laughs) I think that's kind of and then you're able to like separate the two. And I think that's kind of where I was at. And so it was really good for me to like feel confident in everything that I have known and learned and stay in my lane and keep my goggles on (laughs) my goggles and um, just do the thing and then have my other things besides business that I'm interested in. But this last weekend, I attended a like business workshop that my best friend put on, Kinsey Madsen. And I, that's where I also met these girls who listened to the podcast. But I just honestly went to support her. Like she 
completely invited me and our other friend. She invited us just like to be there and support her if we wanted to go. And so we went and I just think I didn't even realize how much I needed that. Like to be around other women who are business owners who are like in all the different stages I've I've like seen myself at through the past seven years, like the beginning stage, the burnout stage, the things are like kind of working stage, the things are really working well stage and like what's next and just all the stages. It's just fun to like go to those type of things and connect with real people in real life and be able to like talk these things through. And anyways, it was just so good for me. And it put there were things that actually like pushed me out of my comfort zone. And there were things that like I haven't even stopped to consider or think about because I have been so go, go, go. And um, yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is this weekend made me realize that self-help is really great sometimes. Um, And I think you just have to take it in doses. But continually working on yourself and I think attending like in-person type things where you like connect with actual humans especially when a lot of us are business owners who are in our business every day or like not at the office like chatting with our co-workers and stuff I just think it's so powerful and like you cannot put a price on that it's it's honestly necessary I feel like so it was really good for me it reminded me that like I don't know it's almost like I was in this like anti bettering myself kind of (laughs) I don't even know because that's not true but kind of like I'm good but then like I'm kind of tired and like not feeling as excited to now I'm like feeling like let's freaking go and um I'm feeling really inspired and like I freaking you guys I ordered and drank colostrum today You guys know, like I've kind of touched on this before, but I am like not a green healthy girly. Okay, like I don't drink green juice. I don't even drink matcha. I barely drink a chai. And I like I have never cold plunged. Maybe I have once, but it was like very forced, forced upon me. Um, Like all these wellness girly things like I wish I was like that but like I'm just not it's just not who I am and so I had heard some people talk about the the armra it's a-r-m-r-a colostrum I think I heard about it first on the skinny confidential podcast but since then I've gotten so many ads for it I've seen people post about it I've heard people talk about it and like literally this the whole like you have to see something seven times before you buy it or whatever. This rings so true with this colostrum, except for I think like I had to see it like 20 times before I bought it. But I finally bought it because I was reading the reviews and people were like, this tastes so good. Like they're it said like they're the flavors people were obsessed with. They just restocked one that's like supposedly really good. And then um, when I was reading the reviews, people keep kept saying over and over that the, the um blood orange was so good and I'm like okay like if every review is saying this tastes good it can't be like it can't be bad and I'm like such a freak about like taste like I'm such a little baby anyways I ordered it it's kind of expensive I mean I think if you end up like wanting to take one every day every month like one every day for 30 days or whatever it ends up being like 50 dollars a month so it's not cheap at all but like the reviews 
were crazy and the things people say about it is like crazy like people say like it has completely changed their life and it's everything it's like immunity energy hair nails mental health sleep like it seems like it literally like helps everything so anyways I ordered it on a whim kind of not on a whim but you know what I mean and um it came today and it's like a pretty small packet that you take and so it's also it's like cow colostrum what's it's so gross like I don't even know some of you guys might not even know what colostrum is so let me just read it read you the definition okay colostrum is the milk produced during the first few days after birth and contains high levels of so much stuff you guys (laughs) a word I can't even say immunoglobulins antimicrobial bile peptides and growth factors colostrum is important for supporting the growth development and immune immune immunologic defense of neonates wow um anyways it's like basically the stuff that comes out before your breast milk starts coming in and it's like people call it like liquid gold and it there's not a lot but it's like thick and yellow (laughs) i shouldn't talk about this anyways so this is cow colostrum and You guys, it's so wild. Okay, so what I was saying is the packet is like pretty small and you can like, it says you can put it in like a cold beverage or I read somewhere you can just pour it in your mouth. And so I was just kind of like, I saw that it's not a lot of powder. People say it tastes good. And it almost seemed like if I didn't like it, it would be harder to like choke down if it was like spread throughout a water bottle than if it was, I just shotgunned it. So I just shotgunned it and you guys, it actually wasn't bad. And like at all, it tasted really good. It was just like the aftertaste and like texture was kind of a little weird, but like truly not bad at all. And actually kind of good. Like it was kind of sour, kind of tangy. And it's so funny because like I was reading on there as well. And people were saying that like sometimes they take it as like an afternoon slump pick me up. A lot of people drink it in the morning, whatever. But I took it in the afternoon, like maybe like four o'clock, three o'clock. And I feel amazing right now. It's eight o'clock. I feel so great. Like, and I was so tired earlier. I was like yawning, literally not wondering, not knowing how I was going to make it to bedtime tonight with Ozzy. Like, and I feel phenomenal. So I'm pretty sure it's not a placebo situation. But I told Matt, I was like, I'm going to drink this every day for a month and see if I can tell a difference. But like, I'm shocked at how I can already tell a difference the energy that I have right now it's kind of sad because it feels like it was like my body was like thank you so much like it literally like soaked that shiz up so I will keep you updated but so far I'm feeling like this might be like a game changer for me with like energy and the number one thing it like is supposedly great for is um like immunity with getting sick and like rebuilding your micro whatever that word was micro antimicrobial peptides which like we lose over time or something i'm not a doc- doctor i don't know but anyways so if you want to go and look at it and order it even it's a r m r a and i'm excited but let me just show you just read you this little thing science and how it works the entire inside of the body along the mouth nose Sinuses, lungs, gut, urinary reproductive tract is lined by a thin membrane called the mucosa. It forms the barrier between the bloodstream and everything we inhale and ingest from the outside world. 
These barriers play an integral role in health. They provide structural defense, host microbiome, and house 80% of the body's immune cells. So basically it's saying that this barrier, um, a healthy one that is in balance, like protects you from getting sick. It also like helps keep out harmful substances if we might like eat or drink or breathe something. And modern living impairs immunity with this like mucosa. So every day our bodies are bombarded by a host of disruptive things that weaken this line of defense, pollution, peptides in the food and water. We consume medication, stress, hormones, carbs, processed food, all these things. But this basically builds it back up like but even better. So anyways, I'm excited, you guys. Like I am not the type to I don't know. I just I feel like I'm not the type to try something like this, but like there, I could not ignore the reviews about like how amazing everyone felt. And I'm just trying to like feel really good this year. So I will keep you updated. I will keep you updated. I think I'm going to keep shotgunning it, but I'm just going to really have to try not to think about it, you know? Okay, next item of business that I need to talk to you guys about is my, I've been doing this for now about a month. I added a couple steps to my skincare and I am like shooketh at the results. Like I'm really not good at doing something consistently when it comes to like making a change in like my lifestyle. Like, I feel like I'm really good at trying something in the beginning and then I like will change one thing and then I forget about the other thing. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Or like even with like makeup, it's like I'll be like doing my eyeliner a certain way and then one day I like don't do it like that and then I forget that I was doing it like that. And then I see a picture and I'm like, that was so cute. Why did I stop doing that? (laughs) I don't even know this makes sense. But um, that's just kind of how I am when I like try something that's supposed to be good for me or help me or even with like working out, sadly. Um, but I've been using this, using these two products now for a month and my skin looks so different. I am like shooketh. So I went to get Botox in December and while I was leaving, I said to my Botox girly queen, I was like, what is like one skin product you can't live without? Like I'm just noticing that I'm starting to get like fine lines like around like smile lines and like from where my dimples are and on my cheeks and it's just weird it's like a weird situation when you look in the mirror and you're like wow (laughs) when did this happen um and she was like do you use vitamin c and I was like no like I've never used vitamin c at least never religiously and she's like you have to use vitamin c so I got vitamin c and she said use vitamin c in the morning along with hyaluronic acid. So I already had a hyaluronic acid serum that I stopped using also, which like I swear when I did use it, I noticed a difference. I don't know why that happens. So I started using my hyaluronic acid with the vitamin C every morning, which like I never really had a morning skincare routine before. I just had like a full nighttime skin routine. And doing this has like changed my skin the last month. It's so much brighter, so much plumper looking and just like um i don't know like it just looks less drab i don't know if that like makes sense but just it's looking alive and juicy and you guys so i highly recommend investing in a hyaluronic acid if you don't have one and a vitamin c and um it's just wild how when you like stick into something and you're consistent you like see results who knew not me 
So yeah, you guys, that was just a whole lot of recent life things that I felt the need to update you on. Um, But now I just like wanted to check in with you guys, I guess. Like I wanted to kind of be like, what's the vibe? I realized we hadn't done like a question and not an anonymous question box in a few months. And so I posted one and you guys have been sending in questions all day. You are not holding back at all. And sadly, I doubt we'll be able to get through most of these. Like we, I got so many today, you guys. And they're like, some of you are just being like very bold and savage. Some of you are just looking for advice on on sweet things. Some of you are giving confessions. It's just, it's a good mix. So I'm just going to kind of read through these, (laughs) kind of give a little spice to our Wednesday Um, We're calling this segment Dear Lex, and um, let's get into it. Okay, the first question, we'll just start nice and easy. What are your favorite shows right now? You guys, I have to tell you, I talked about this last week. Matt and I watched The Curse. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Um, You have to watch this show. Last week was the finale. It was so, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was so, (laughs) I'm still processing it. I don't even want to give anything away, but you need to watch this show. It's just so interesting. It's so, some parts it's like giving you like such the ick because it's just kind of like so real life. I kind of explained this last week, but basically um, it's Emma Stone and Nathan. Now I got to look up his last name because I keep not knowing it. Nathan Fielder. Um, they are married and they are like filming a show for HGTV or they're like pitching a show to HGTV and Emma Stone in the show is like the designer of these like passive homes that are like eco-friendly or whatever. Um, But it's very much giving like influencer culture to me. Like it's like what you show online versus what you actually are like at home and like, like not a diss on influencers, but it's just kind of like it's kind of feeding into that vibe. So um, you totally need to watch it. It ended so, so crazy. I assume it'll just be a one season show. I don't understand how it could keep going, but you have to watch it and you have to tell me what you think. And then of course, we're still watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake and bummer, the um, first episode of the reunion last week ended up being just kind of boring, honestly. Supposedly there's three parts, so I'm sure they're just like dragging us along and they're not going to get totally into all the Monica stuff until the third episode. Um, But the second one airs tonight and um, this comes out on Wednesday, so I won't have watched it yet as I'm recording. How? Why isn't that making sense? I haven't watched it yet as I'm recording, Um, so we'll have to check back in. But I am just doubling down on my theory that Monica is bad news. Like, sure, she might be fun. Sure, she might be like more real, whatever. But she is just when drama follows you like that. And you I followed her on Instagram after the season finale. And like, she just posts some crazy stuff. She is like, she did this whole photo shoot, like holding up paper and it's like on fire. Like, actually, let me read you like a couple of the captions because it's just it's so cringe to me. Okay, she's holding like this newspaper and it's on fire and it says, warming my hands on bridges I've burned. And then her caption says, sometimes people try to destroy you precisely because they cannot recognize your power, not because they don't see it, but because they see it 
and they don't want it to exist. XOXO, Monica. Why is this not making sense to me? (laughs) Sometimes people try to destroy you precisely because they recognize your power, not because they don't see it, but because they see it and they don't want it to exist. I don't know. All I'm saying is it's drama. It's giving drama. And um, yeah, I'm excited to keep watching it unfold. But I truly, I do think that like they can't have her come back next season because I think it's Bravo basically saying it's okay to like online bully people. But then at the same time, I don't understand how the season could go without her. So I'm super curious. Maybe they'll have like a come to Jesus moment. I don't know. I'm so curious, but we will touch back in on that next week. Okay. Um, Other than that, like when I'm just trying to put something on to kind of like sit on my phone to or like work or whatever, it's usually lately 90 Day Fiance. I think I'm watching the most current season that's on HBO and it's just a wild ride. I am constantly jaw to the floor, shocked at things that are happening. Like the episode I was watching last night, this guy, he has like three guinea pigs and he's like talking about how much he loves them and he's like putting them in outfits and stuff and then he has chihuahuas and he also puts outfits and little hats on his chihuahuas and his house just looks disgusting it's like giving hoarder and then come to find out he has like this little closety thing under his stairs you know how like that will be a thing he opens up the door to the little closet thing and his mom is living in there, you guys. His mom is living under the stairs, like on the floor and like the chihuahuas run in and she's just like petting them. And it's and his girlfriend is coming to move in with them and she has no idea of the state of this hoarder home mom living in the closet. There is just a lot of crazy things that happen on the show. Also, just on an episode I just watched, <laughs> there's um there's this guy who wears a fedora every single day of his life. And then his girlfriend is coming to live with him from like, oh my gosh, shoot. I'm like not remembering where it was. I don't think it was Puerto Rico, but something like that. And um, she, he gives her money for a wedding dress before she comes over to the United States. Because the whole premise of 90 Day Fiance is like you got approved for this K-1 visa, which means like this is your person you're going to marry. And it takes a long time to get approved. And then once you get approved, you have 90 days to decide if you're going to get married or not. And you have to get married in the 90 days. So that's like what the show's about. It's like the they finally got approved and one of them is going to the other one to like see if the 90 days is like going to pan out and they're going to get married. And most of them like haven't lived together before. Like it's so interesting and juicy and like so cringy, but in a good way. So anyways, they he sends her money to get her wedding dress. She uses the money to get butt implants. But on top of the $4,000 he sent her, she borrows $2,000 from her ex-boyfriend for the other part of the butt implants that she couldn't afford. And so then she comes and he like tells her he quit his job so he can spend time with her. And she's like, well, crap, because I have butt implants and I used the money you gave me for the wedding dress. And he's like so mad. Just you guys, it's I highly recommend putting it on. I had no idea it would be this entertaining. So that's kind of where I'm at on shows. I also have been watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but like I'm very bored of it. Very bored. So sadly, I don't know. I'm not up to date. I didn't watch the last episode, which I heard was like a little better. So anyways, that's where I'm at on shows. Let's get to the next question. I get stressed thinking about all those animals in your house. So fun. But what's the cleaning routine looking like, girly? How are we handling all those smells? It keeps me up at night. Share the deets. So rest assured, 
you do not it it does not need to keep you up at night because I kind of have a, a handle on it. Um, if you didn't know, I have four dachshunds, four me- four wiener dogs, and I have three Persian cats. And I never thought I'd be here, but here I am. And kind of the whole like gist of it is like I have a big house, I can do whatever I want, and it makes me happy. And Matt loves it, and Ozzy loves it, and it's fine. Um, but I understand how it could seem gross. Let me just let you in on some secrets I've never talked about before. Like I said, I live in a pretty big house. It's just me, Matt, and Ozzy. And our house has like a really gorgeous big backyard. Okay? So that's kind of like the 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 um, beginnings. Um, I have cleaners who come every other Friday. So I don't have cleaners every week, but I have them every other week. And... Um, it's working. Sometimes I like wonder if I want them to come every week, but having cleaners come to your house, if it's something you can afford or something like you can swing, it's so, so good. Like I used to never have them come this often, but when we moved into this house, it was just like, I can't clean all the bathrooms myself. Like I'll go, like I'll be not okay. I had them come once a month and I kind of was like, okay, let's maybe do it like more than once a month. But I used to have cleaners come like at my old houses or like townhomes or wherever I lived. I would maybe have them come once every couple months, just like when I felt like we needed like a good, deep, clean kind of situation, like or just a a refresh kind of vibe. Um, But yeah, I have them come every other week and it's the best money I spend. And they like are amazing. And there's like a whole team of women who come and they're like freaking beast mode cleaning my house and I could not do it without them I would simply throw up like I don't I can't <laughs> I just when I got married I didn't sign up to like clean like grown man toilets it's like not it's not the vibe so that's where we're at so I have cleaners come every other week um on top of that I have three robot vacuums I have one on each level of my house um I have Pura's like smell pods in like every room or so in the house. Oh, when we moved into this house, I ripped out all the carpet on the main floor. We didn't, there wasn't carpet in like the main area, but there was like a, there was like a sitting room that had carpet on the main level. And then upstairs, there was carpet everywhere. There was carpet that went up the stairs into the landing, into the bedrooms. I ripped all of that out and we put in laminate flooring or wood flooring laminate, I think. Um, which is like a game changer with pets because it's just so, so much easier to keep clean. It feels like carpet just gets gross so easy. And then on top of that, my other tip is just like, I have baby gates everywhere. I have baby gates like at the bottom of my stairs so that the dogs can't just like casually go upstairs during the day. The dogs hang out on the main floor, like where there's just wood. They have a doggy door to go outside. And then, um... We have a baby gate. We have a baby gate blocking off our front room. That's like my gorgeous room that we put marble in with like, it's just like my most favorite room in the house. That's blocked off so they can't go in there. I keep doors shut. Like the thing is, is like if you're at my house, you shut the door behind you. Like no bedroom doors are open. Everything is closed all the time. The basement door is closed. So it's like we have it on lock. We're doing great. And actually, most people will be like complimenting how clean my house is for especially for having pets. I would say if anyone is the messiest one around, it's Ozzy. And, you know, that's to be expected. He's three. So 
we got it under control. I think that also like that's just that's like what I signed up for having this many pets, right? Like I can't have like a messy, gross house. And so that's like it would have been irresponsible of me to get all the pets I have if I wasn't prepared to like handle it. You know what I mean? So yeah, like also like on our main floor, like we do have a rug in the main living area. And like I just have accepted the fact that like I'm probably going to get a new rug every six to eight months. I know that sounds excessive, but like for me, that's just how I deal with like feeling clean and fresh, especially since that's where we have like we hang out the majority of the time. And last thing, I also am really big on having the carpets clean, the carpets that we do have like in bedrooms and things like that and like the rugs every couple months. I usually have carpet cleaners come once every two and a half, three months. So Anyways, it was a funny question, but truly, I got it down. I finally got it down. Thank gosh. Um, Okay, next question. How did you know if it was time to move your business into a warehouse? I'm assuming this person has their business, is running their business out of their home, as one does usually when you're starting a business, and as you should. It's super smart. Um, For me, the company that I worked at before I started Lala it was a startup. Um, and when I started working there, it was just taking off and I like watched it take off and then I watched it like go down and now it's like bankrupt and doesn't exist anymore. And I really did learn a lot there. For me, what I, what I feel like I learned more than anything was don't grow before you're ready, like slow and steady wins the race. And I know it's like tempting to hire your first employee or um, get a warehouse or whatever. But for me, It was just like I got a warehouse when I literally had no other option. I was living in my 800 square foot townhome at the time. It was tiny and we had boxes of inventory like you would walk in our front door and we had this like skinny hall. Our our townhome was like built in the 70s and it was like very 70s. It was like skinny hallways and like all sorts of things. But um, we had boxes like going down the hall like you had to turn sideways to get down the hall into our little living room. I've talked about this before, but we had boxes like surrounding our TV so we could like still see the TV, but like they were like in a U shape around the TV. Um, And I did have a couple employees who worked, came and worked in that tiny townhome during that time, which I was like, so it was like so awkward for me to like have people in my tiny house when I was there and I could never relax. It was just a whole thing. So, um, Yeah, for me, it was like when I kind of had no other choice. And I also think you also start to feel it mentally, like it maybe starts work and like life and home life start to like blend together so much. So for me, I would say like go as long as you can till you like physically can't any longer. But then at the same time, if it's like affecting your mental health, if you're working 24 seven or I don't know, it's it's just like not working, then that's different But I still say like you really should try to hold out as long as you can. I've done that with everything in my business and it always feels really scary taking the next step and it's always like a big investment or whatever. It feels like a risk. Um, But then those risks like they always work out and there's always more and more and it just it works. So I think wait as long as you can, but also like be aware of what that means. Because like if you're in your home and you're working all the time and you're living there and you're feeling uninspired and it's not working then like you got to kind of protect your magic too but for me it's always been like we're busting out we're busting down Tatiana it's time to move and that's how it's been 
each time I, the first time I moved into our first warehouse, it was so scary, you guys. Like thinking back on it, I'm like, that was so scary. Like I totally could afford it at the time. I think I was, I was maybe doing like 40K, 50K months. Um, But the rent of the warehouse was like, I want to say like $2,500 or something. And I was like, I don't know if I can afford it. And it's so cute and funny, but um, I was maybe doing like 30K months, but it still felt scary to go from nothing to that, you know? And it's like you're signing a contract. Um, and then from that, the warehouse next to mine opened up and I ended up taking that one over. And then we ended up moving into the warehouse I'm in now, which was more than double the size of the two I had together. My warehouse right now is like 6,500 square feet. There's my um, robot vacuum. It's doing its job, if you can hear that in the background. But it's 6,500 square feet. And um, you guys, like I signed a five-year lease and at the end of year one, we were like starting to outgrow it. I did hire this company to come and like they come and they really maximize the space in your warehouse to like the best of their ability. So it's like a lot of the time it's like going up. So we have shelves that like go up to the ceiling almost. And we have like this thing we call Joey. I don't even, I don't know if that's like the technical term, but it's like this little this little uh, forklift kind of thing. And um, we're doing the best we can, but we're also, we're outgrowing the space. Like it's just not realistic to think that we might not be able to stay in it much longer, but moving warehouses was like one of the worst things I've ever experienced, like truly. So I'm really scared to do it again. Also, like we did it ourselves. Me and all my employees did it last time and Matt, and that was probably the bad move, but I didn't even know like where to start. Like, you know, um do you guys want to hear a secret though there's something kind of cool the warehouse i'm in it's like part of a bigger building right and this building was like new when i when i moved into my warehouse i was the first tenant to ever be in that specific warehouse and i actually signed the papers in time to be able to make some of the decisions like they were going to be putting in this like ugly gray laminate fake flooring stuff before um no offense if that's your vibe and I was able to change it so it's like polished concrete and there's just a few things I was able to choose which is cool but the whole left side so I'm like we're in the right corner the whole left side of the building is up for it's available right now the tenants like are moving out you guys this warehouse I okay I told you my warehouse now 6,500 square feet this new warehouse 48,000 square feet it's like psychotically so much bigger than the one I have now. And it's not smart. It's not the move, probably, I'm sure. Um, But it just feels like kind of serendipitous that it's right next door to me. And I wouldn't have to move. And I love this building. I love our location. We have, like, the most gorgeous view of the mountains. I really love it. So I'm currently, like, in cahoots with the universe, like, trying to manifest this space. Because although it would be, like, the scariest thing I've potentially ever done actually for sure it would be the scariest thing I've ever done in law law history um I was thinking like it's kind of been a while since like I've taken a big risk that felt really scary in law law and I feel like it always it's always good for me like confidence wise and like to put a little like healthy exciting pressure on me to like you know meet new goals and stuff but um yeah it just I don't remember what I was saying except for I think that it would like totally take us to the next level and we'd have room to like expand and um Nordstrom is going so great right now like the orders have been wild there's been so many orders and 
part of the reason we aren't in Nordstrom stores yet is because we don't have space and time and like a system in place to do all it takes to be in stores. It's like a whole process and um, the way you ship it to them and it's all this this whole thing. So I just think it would open up a lot of possibilities, but it would like it would more than five times what I'm paying now. So it just feels like not the smart move. So anyways, I'm just kind of like seeing what happens. I'm just putting it out there and seeing what happens. But to answer your question, I think you kind of know when it's time to move into a warehouse. Um, For sure, like I just think it's always good to be so excited where you are in your business and like just push it until it's like time for the next step. Like see how far you can go. And I just think it's really smart and you'll never regret it because you... I don't know, margins and you're able to have more cash flow and like all that, every little place you can like pinch, pinch for more cash flow in the beginning is important. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Next question. Do you have veneers? If so, do you love them? Do you hate them? What's a 411? Yes, I have veneers on my top row, most of my top row. And um, when I was younger, you guys, do you remember when at recess, like we would play this game? Okay, I'm 32 years old. So just like if you if you know, you know, maybe I don't know what the younger kids were doing. You would play this game where everyone would stand like on a ledge of the playground and you would take turns jumping and grabbing a pool like pool. Why can't I say that? Like a P-O-L-E, a pole of the like monkey bars or the playground. And you would like swing around it like a stripper. Like we, we would do this at recess, but like we didn't know what we were doing, you know. And so we were doing this game and we were like doing like categories. And I don't know, I think someone, the category was like be silly or goofy. And so I grabbed the pole and I'm like swinging around and I like swing my head up and I'm like doing like this like buck tooth like smile thing. And I was in uh, fourth grade, I think. And as I'm like, throwing my head back, making this face. I hit my front teeth on, sorry, I should have given you a trigger warning. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, I hit my teeth on the freaking monkey bar pole and my tooth completely breaks instantly in half. And that was a whole thing. So, and then I was like sobbing because it hurt so bad. The nerves in your teeth, you guys, like I will not forget that pain. And I was like so little. Um, The nerves are crazy. And then my teacher we go and tell her that my tooth fell out. And then her first response was, let's go look for it in the wood chips. So we're digging. I'm like sobbing. The air is like hitting my little nervy nub of a tooth. And I'm sobbing and we're looking for my tooth in the wood chips. Cause like, I guess she thought we would glue it back on. Um, anyways. So ever since then I've had, I had to get like half a fake tooth it's like three fourths of my tooth. Um, and then I got braces. And then when I got my braces off, it was like very obvious that half of my tooth was fake. And so then I got veneers on my two front teeth so that they would match. And um, I had those veneers since I was 15. And I just got them redone two years ago. So I had them for 15 years or so. Um, but they were just like, they weren't I didn't know what I was doing when I was like 15 getting veneers, like saying what I wanted and how I wanted them to look and stuff. So it was nice to be able to redo them. Also being pregnant, I had hyperemesis, which is just like severe morning sickness. And this is like also gross and trigger warning, but I threw up so much when I was pregnant that it like completely rotted my teeth. 
my other real teeth. So like I'll look at pictures after I had Aussie and I'm like, oh my gosh, my teeth, they just look like brittle. Like they don't look okay. So I got the top six or eight or so done about two years ago, you guys. And it's the best thing I ever did. No regrets. So happy. The dentist I went to is really incredible. If you need a recommendation in Utah County, let me know. I like them because obviously like I wanted them to be super white. Like that's just what I wanted. You don't have to do that. But for me, I regretted not doing whiter last time. And I remember when I chose them when I was 15, I chose almost the whitest ones. And then they never ended up looking like so white to me. So it just felt like a waste. I'm very much like go big or go home when it comes to everything. So yeah, I just wanted them whiter. And then like I was able to really like choose the shape and up close. I love that they have like ridges and grooves like a real tooth would. So Anyways, no regrets. You just have to really be on top of taking care of them. But I have no regrets. The only sad thing about having veneers is you can't bite into an apple. But it's the price we pay. Okay, I totally have gotten this question quite a few times and always forget to answer it. So um, tattoo tour. Let me give you a quick rundown of the tattoos I have. So when I was 18, 19, maybe 20, (laughs) Um, my friend and I went to San Francisco and I had always dreamed of like getting a tattoo. Like I would pin all those like quotes on Pinterest that were like, be a wild soul, run in the field, (laughs) get a tattoo, stay up. I don't know. I don't know. I need to like go back and like find some to be more specific. But it was like kind of like one of those bucket list things for me. Little did I know I'd eventually like have a bunch. But so at that age, at like 20 or however old I was, I was like so deep and like artsy and like poetry-ish. Poetry-ish. That's a word. Um, And anyways, I just knew I wanted a tattoo for a long time. So I decided that I was going to get my aunt, who was like my my favorite aunt. She called me Sunshine. She would always sing us the song, You Are My Sunshine. Like a, since we were little, it's like all I can remember. Not all I can remember, but like the first thing I've I remember about her she would like spin us around and sing us that song me and my little sister and we just loved her so much she actually um died of anorexia a few years ago so it's really really devastating um but she was like one of the most influential people in my life and so I decided I wanted to like get her handwriting she had like sent me a card once and signed it or said like I love you sunshine or something so I had her handwriting and I would like keep it on me just in case so I went to San Francisco with my friend, we were like on Hate Street, Ashbury and Ashbury and Hate. I think that's the streets. They're like these iconic streets that like hippies would protest on, like back in the day, like no war, just peace. Like it's giving like hippie vibes. It's really cool. And I remember being like, this is such a cool place. I want to get a tattoo on this street. Like the street like feels like really cool and special. And like I'll always remember it. And so we ended up literally just finding a tattoo shop on that street. No Yelp, no nothing. I barely probably had an iPhone at this point. And um, I just got the tattoo. And it, it's her handwriting and it's like along my spine sideways. But sadly, it's like not the best tattoo. And over time, it's like spread. So that's where we're at on that one. But I do love it as like a reminder of my aunt. Anyways, so that was my first tattoo. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you a story like that for all of them. I just am like trying to figure out what to do with that one because it's kind of smearing almost like as time goes on so I need to figure that out but anyway so I have that one and then it was a long time before I got another one and then I got my tattoo on my forearm that says Ozzy and then I got an astronaut I have a cute little astronaut on my arm which like Matt's dream job is 
was like to be an astronaut like his whole life whole life his whole life so it's kind of for that but then also I just I love the idea that it like signifies what is the word I'm trying to think of represents like that we're limitless like literally we are limitless so that to me that's I love that one and then from here the order gets kind of blurry um I have a ladybug on my wrist just lucky and like it reminds me of specific childhood memories and I have in a really skinny small strip along the side of my forearm living in la la land and then I have a money sign on my um left outside of my like fist and it's just like abundance for me it's like a reminder of just there's abundance everywhere and then I have an eye on the back of my arm that has like lightning bolts and stars but it's like it's my evil eye it like protects me it watches my back um and I have an m that's like a varsity looking m for Matt I just also love how this M looks like in a varsity letter. It's so effing cute. So it was really convenient. It was the same letter as my husband's name. Um, I have a tiger on my right for the inside of my forearm, which I love this tiger. I have muse on the top of my right wrist in like an old English font. And I just like love the idea of a muse, like having a muse, being a muse, just the inspo behind the word and I just love it I think it's a cool word um and then I have New York in like a really cute handwritten script font like kind of by my tiger I nannied in New York when I was younger I have some crazy memories there um but it's my favorite place in the world and then I have a rose on the outside of my right forearm I think that's it did I miss any oh my gosh duh I did miss some (laughs) And then on my left bicep, I have la vie en rose, which is um, a French saying that's like looking at life through rose-colored glasses. But after Kinsey and I went to Paris last year or two years ago for my like 30th birthday, we just like were so obsessed, you guys. Like literally, we loved it so much. It was such like a just magical, like romanticizing-ish aesthetic trip like everything about it was magical but um we just loved it so much more than we expected and the night before we left we were like taking pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower as it was like sparkly and making videos and then we like went back to this restaurant and we were eating and like editing them and I made a little it's actually on my Instagram it's just it's like a slow uh stop motion video of me in front of the Eiffel Tower like laughing I showed it to Kinsey with that song over it, which is called La Vie en Rose. And we were like sobbing. We were like, we just feel so grateful and lucky to have been on this trip. Like we were just so happy. So we both got that. I got her like a tattoo for Christmas last year because we've been talking about getting bestie tattoos and that's what we ended up choosing. And then right above the La Vie en Rose, I have two hummingbirds. Hummingbirds are kind of like a nod from the universe to me that like I'm on the right path and two because hopefully eventually I'll have two children but also like it looked cuter with two than one so I think that's it um I haven't really had a desire to get a tattoo in a while I think I got my last tattoo in like May or something so it hasn't been that long but I just haven't had the desire to get any more I'm sure I will um I kind of want to get let them talk. I saw that I saw someone else who had that and 
I was like, you know what? That's a good one for me because I like I'm such a little bitch about stuff like that. And like that's really my goal this year and just like in general is like to just unapologetically be myself, just whatever that means. I think that like all business owners in this day and age have like a fear of like getting canceled and like saying something wrong. And like it's yeah, like no one wants to like offend anyone and all the things. But um, I feel like I've let myself kind of like shrivel up and like I'm not I'm not like fully, fully being myself out of fear and I'm just over it. So anyways, I love the idea of getting let them talk because like literally who the F cares um okay I think I think we're out of time you guys but like we got to like five questions so I'm thinking next week will be a um we can finish this we could do like a full dear Lex episode because there's so many good questions um that we need to get to and some other juicy ones that you guys have asked so you guys um I love you and I just I more than anything like I feel like we're on this journey together of just like completely just trying to figure out our lives right like you know like who are we (laughs) I sound crazy right now but it's just fun to have people to like talk through these things with and I feel like we're all like on the same path and I just feel like it's time for us all to just like exhale and say fuck it you know what I mean okay I love you so much I'll talk to you next week bye